Blog Talk Radio. The world's largest musical instrument and the country's wildest new fusion band. It's Music Friday Live. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by World Arts, a global platform for musicians, fans, and the music industry, and by MySanFelipeVacation.com, your source for a great getaway on the Sea of Cortez. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. Um, I've got a bit of a cold, and you might notice that. But in any case, uh, this is your show. These bands are here to talk with you, so call us, 347-215-7511. Or you can email your questions to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Now, I also want to uh, welcome our listeners to the Cyberstation USA, or our listeners from the CyberStationUSA.com network and their radio affiliates, and also to those of you who are listening to us on Stitcher or iTunes or on the Artistic Network in London. Yes, we are heard in London, although probably not until tomorrow. If you are listening live and have questions or comments, go ahead and call us, 347-215-7511. Or if you can't call us or you're listening to a podcast or uh, on uh, the overnights in one of the other stations, email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. William Close, well, his songs combine art, music, architecture, and engineering to literally pull down notes from the sky. I've seen him do it. He is the inventor of the earth harp and over a hundred other instruments. He's the creator of vast music and art installations that have no parallel. And he's a man who thinks and composes not out of the box, but sort of out of the universe. With his mass ensemble, that's M-A-S-S, which stands for Music, Architecture, Sound, and Sculpture, he turns blockish buildings and ancient amphitheaters and plunging canyons into the world's largest musical instruments, and then he uses them to create some of the world's most inspiring music. He has a keen understanding not only of the physics of sound, but of its psychology and its emotional leverage. And uh, he takes us simultaneously to outer space and inner consciousness. And he also rocks. He's in Hawaii today, and we're trying to reach him. There may be some some, um, time difference uh, things there because he's three hours earlier than we are. But in the meantime, we're going to show you what we mean. This is from his newest album. This is Racing the Dawn.
Well, that's a sample of the kind of music that uh, William Close creates with the Earth Harp. Now we're trying we're trying to reach him, and hopefully we will, uh, and uh, he can come on and uh, tell you all about the Earth Harp himself. But in the meantime, uh, I'm going to tell you about it. Okay, the Earth Harp, and and that's only one of the instruments that Bill Close has invented. He's also he's invented a, a three arm guitar that that well. You have to go and look at it, but it does lots of interesting things. Um, and his shows also include a violinist who frequently hangs and spins from high up and things like that. But the earth harp is a harp whose strings are attached 50, 40, 60 feet up to the side of a building or the side of a canyon and come back down to a beautifully carved uh, tuning board which is literally a board that he stands uh, on top of and uh, massages these strings wearing leather gloves and using violin resin. And uh, he's, I guess it's, uh, I was going to ask him about this and if he does come on, we, we will find out, but I think it's through trial and error that he figured out what kind of massages, what kind of movements on the strings down at the ground where he is will create these, wonderful ethereal sounds and it's it's not the kind of you know outer space music or um yoga music that you that you might conjure up i mean this it's more closer to a very melodious guitar can actually get fairly heavy heavy duty rock too <laughs> if, if he wants to and of course, because this is very large, I mean, the, the where all the strings come into the tuning board, it's probably six, seven feet across, and he's standing in the center of the strings uh, and working them on both sides with his arms. So he's kind of swaying back and forth and and stepping up and stepping down, so he can reach different points on it. Meanwhile, behind him, uh, there are uh, other musicians. One of whom are, is playing a uh, kind of a, a vertical wall of cymbals and drum heads and uh, there's also um, frequently he plays with um, uh, Shina E who is an incredible violin player from San Francisco who does the range from from the top levels of classical music to um, bluegrass music <laughs> and, 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 and also punk rock in fact she's got her own hip hop band in addition to playing with philharmonics you know that's uh, and she's an aerial artist and sometimes uh, drops down from the sky where the uh, the the uh, harp is uh, with her weaving her violin melodies in and out of the rhythms and the heartbeats created by the harp. It's, it's really quite a scene. Uh, you should check out some of those videos. But anyway, uh, while we continue to try to find him in Hawaii, we're going to play another of his songs. And this one is called Arrival. Thank you. 
And that's Arrival by uh, William Close in the Earth Harp Ensemble. And William is with us. Welcome to Music Friday Live, William. Oh, thanks for having me. Let's see. I'm, I'm calling from, uh, it's bright and early here in, in, uh, in Hawaii. I'm on Maui. Well, we, we kind of realized, that when we told you were in Hawaii, we realized that it's a little early for most musicians, right? So that, that's quite all right. Uh, but, you know, that gave us an opportunity to play um, all of Racing the Dawn, which is such a fabulous piece of music that um, uh, otherwise you would have only been able Yeah. So, um, in fact, now that you're here, I can ask you a little bit about it. Um, I love the integration of the sounds in that music, and and I know that the the amazing uh, Shina E is there on the violin. What are the other elements in Racing the Dawn? What other instruments are in there? Well, what's interesting about um, that piece and, and and a lot of most of the pieces on um, on that that Chasing the Dawn album is that the goal was to use the earth harp or um, tracks of the earth harp um, primarily as the main, you know, instrumental source for, for all the music. So, um, so for pretty much each piece, you know, except for some of the beats and a couple of bass, bass uh, lines, pretty much each, each piece on that album is made up of, you know, sometimes um, 20 different earth harps, you know, all playing at once. So that's why it has that really lush orchestral sound, and then adding the violin in there, um, wow, just brings it into that you know that really beautiful place. So. Now, now wait a minute, there are twenty earth harps, not just one. Yeah, well, I mean, um, well, I do actually have twenty earth harps, but um, <laughs> when I say um, twenty earth harps up there, I'm talking. It's just the uh, no. There are 20 different earth harp lines that were tracked in the studio. Okay, all right. I was I was imagining <laughs> the the size of the studio for 20 earth harps. Right? <laughs> uh, don't get me going. That would be a dream come true. I'd love it. I'll bet. We'll find a blimp hanger someplace. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I want to give a quick note to our listeners that after today's program, they should they should go to your YouTube channel and watch him play the Earth Harp because it's so much more than music. It, it's a it's a work of art, and uh, and a dance. Uh, so check out the video, particularly of his final performance on America's Got Talents. It, incidentally, I wanted to ask you about that performance, um, which is the one in which even Howard Stern was impressed. There was a woman spinning in the air playing an instrument. Uh, who was that? And what was the instrument? Was that China? Oh, yeah, that's my uh, um, friend of mine, Selkie. She's an amazing aerialist. But for a while, um, you know, I was really interested in in trying to bring the instruments or create instruments for aerialists, and mm-hmm. um, and so uh, that, that's the, those were those were chime swords we refer to them as. But basically, it was. Um, you know, a way to try and get the music up into the air. And uh, um, and then I developed a, a big show that that runs on one of the Royal Caribbean ships for the next eight years. And in that one, we developed a, a number of aerial pieces. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's all... Uh, it's all experiments. And, and, it, and it's all wonderful. Uh, I want to play another uh, uh, 
one of those experiments of yours. This is called Mothership. Oh, great. I could listen to that all day, and actually I did uh, during the week. Uh, There's a rhythm um, in that song, a a beat as well as a melody. Um, What were the instruments in that recording? Well, you know, for that piece, um, specifically, I collaborated with an artist uh, called The Human Experience, um, and he is uh, really a pretty unique guy. He... um, uh, sort of comes out of the Burning Man um, community and culture, and so he he sort of brought some of that flavor to the music. And um, there, it, it it you know it really stands out, and that's what all those interesting loops are in those those beats. Um, and wow. actually, I think on some of that stuff, what he did was he actually took sounds of the earth harp and then chopped them up and um, took the little chunks and actually turned them into the beats. So um, I always like that concept of taking a string sound and turning it into a, you know, a a rhythmic structure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I understand that um, um, your house was destroyed in the Coral Canyon fire in, in 07 and you rebuilt it. And when you rebuilt it, you designed it to be part of the harp. Um, do you record yeah. the harp there? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it actually, it's really interesting. I, um, well, yeah, in 2007, I opened up my front door, and the whole mountain was on fire. And I, uh, I, I left and, and went down the, the hill, and then um, everything burned down, um, which. Uh, you know, it was pretty intense, but honestly, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me in that it uh, allowed, for one thing, I rebuilt all the instruments um, and, you know, sort of everything was rebuilt sort of 2.0, a lot better. And then, um, and then eventually I rebuilt the house or a new house on the same property. And when I rebuilt the, the house, we designed the studio. So, um, so that the earth heart could live in the studio, but there's an opening in the architecture and the strings shoot out the opening in the architecture and attach up to the mountain. So, um, you know, right there in Malibu's, uh, is this earth heart that 
is is you know tied right into the mountain and it's tricked out with I think I think I have 12 mics on it at all times and it's ready ready for recording and and we're rehearsing and and you know whatever we need to do experimenting there's always lots of experimenting going on well, so I'll have to take a, a, a drive by and take a look at it one one of these days yeah uh, come up come yeah. up for a visit please all right. Well, let me remind our listeners that, that uh, they're listening to Music Friday Live, and we're talking with William Close um, and about the Earth Harp and his other creations and performances. And you can talk with them, too. You can call us, 347-215-7511, or you can uh, email us. You can email us at uh, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. So do that, and, of course, uh, we'll forward your emails on to him. Well, um, we actually have some emails, right? Uh, uh, this is from Larry in Tampa, Florida. And Larry wants to know, do you write music for the earth harp? Uh, is there a special notation that you use or do you same, do you use the same notations as a harp or violin? Obviously Larry's a musician. Oh, that's a great question. Well, um, uh, yes, there there has been uh, music written for the Earth Harp, and I I've written for it, and um, uh, I work with a composer, uh, Magnus Fines, who's really uh, he's great, and he's he, we've sort of devised ways of writing for it. The thing about it is because it's such a physical instrument, um, you need to whatever score you're looking at, whatever form that takes, it just needs to be big, because it usually is down on the floor. Um, at your feet, so you can look through the strings and um, you know and see it. So um, it, 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 you sort of you, what I've done in the past is um, taken traditional notation and then sort of worked it out and then made uh, sort of bigger notes or, or versions of that down on the floor that I can can watch and um, you know it's it's a, it's there's definitely a, a process with it, but uh, it's a great question. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, well, I want to play a little bit more of that music, and uh, we want to. I want to play the the only dance, and then come back and talk about it a little bit. So this is the the only dance.
course, the obvious question to ask there is, what is the only dance? Is it the dance of molecules in the surface of water or hydrogen atoms in the sun or something more prosaic? You know, it's it, um, it's definitely along those lines for sure. The, you know, I think that, uh, again, that was a piece that I did with, with David Block of the Human Spirits. And, and um, I think that the sort of the only dance that is is sort of absolutely everything that's occurring all at once, you know, and okay. so there's sort of a there's sort of beauty to the, to the dance of the universe, so to speak, and the dance of our lives and how it all interacts. So, well, that's how it feels. Right? I mean, you, yeah. you definitely translated that, that message uh, quite nicely. We are um, getting close on, on time here, but I had, uh, I uh, wanted to ask you, You've got a um, a new album out, um, Chasing the Dawn. In fact, we played uh, one of the songs from it uh, earlier. And uh, I understand you've been recording a symphony, and you have an upcoming tour. I believe it's called the Skyscraper Tour. Did I miss anything? Did I get all that right? Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's great. Yeah, we're I was, um, always developing new stuff and, uh, you know, um, working up a, a lot on, on some music. I've also been building um, uh, some new instruments. A lot of I'm getting back into the. Uh, I, I built these pieces for sort of sort of a fusion of of fashion and music. So they're they're instruments that can be be worn and played, you know, on the body. So it's pretty cool. Ooh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, is your uh, tour going to include uh, Los Angeles? Yeah, well, you know, we're um, it's it, the skyscraper tour is um, sort of this ongoing process. We did a big one in Los Angeles uh, in May, where um, sure. it was downtown at, at uh, Grand Performances, and right. the the space rested on the plaza there, and, and the strings shot up fifty three stories to the top of the uh, skyscraper, and we did a concert series, and um, we're working on, we filmed it in this beautiful, uh, you know, in-camera shoot. And so right now it's actually being edited, and, and that's really one of the bigger projects we're working on right now is, is completing that film. And, um, and then, well, we'll tell you what, William, when you've got the film ready and you're, you're going to release it, shoot me a note and we'll bring you back on the air and you can talk oh, about fantastic. the whole and we'll promote the film and we'll talk about the the process of making the music and making the film. Cause I, I was there for, for that grand performance and I know it's, it's uh, it, it was quite a performance, but unfortunately we're out of time now. Uh, and I really want to thank you for being here and also for creating the wonderful things that you create and giving everyone the joy and inspiration that your art gives. It sort of spreads like ripples on a lake. So thank you so much for taking the time to get up early and call us from Hawaii. Oh, I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much. What a cool show you have going, and um, thanks to all your listeners out there. Before you go, where can people get your music, and where can they go to follow you? Um, well, you know, the the main website, just earthharp.com, uh, it, it's, a, it's really elaborate. and sort of shows the whole story and all the different journeys that I've, I've you know, whether it's getting the, the Guinness Book of World yeah. Record or the um, swinging skyscraper. Is that the best place? You can see, 
Yeah, that's earthharp.com. Or, you know, the, the new album is on iTunes, too. So. Okay. Earth, um, okay, there it is. So I urge everybody to go there to check out your films on YouTube and to you and you to give me a call uh, when you uh, have that film ready. We have got to take a break right now and um, uh, let our broadcast, our audience know about our broadcast partner. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. World Arts brings the entire music world together on one global stage. We give artists the tools to sell and license their music, interact with industry pros, and play live to a whole new audience. Wherever they are on their journey, we want artists to get paid for what they create. At World Arts, fans can discover new songs, get exclusive rewards, and crowdfund projects for artists. Brands can offer opportunities for artists to create original content that fans can instantly vote on and share. World Arts is the global music platform where we can all rise above the noise. Take your career to the next level. Discover new artists. At World Arts, it's all about the music. And we're back here at Music Friday Live. You know, we are a partner with World Arts, the global music platform that connects artists with fans and brands and industry pros like you just heard. So you ought to sign up. You should sign up at worldarts.com. It's free. We are there, and you should be too. If you're in Southern California or in Arizona, there's a fabulous vacation waiting for you only a half day's drive away. And that's down in uh, San Felipe. And you should take a look at San Felipe as a weekend or a, a, a week getaway. It's uh, and the way you do that is you go to my San Felipe vacation.com. It's a place for accommodations in San Felipe base. You, and if you go to my San Felipe, my, my San Felipe vacation.com. Uh, use the discount code MFLA5 and you will get a discount on everything that you book there. My San Felipe vacation.com. Well, the Austin based band Trouble in the Streets has, um, they've dubbed their signature sound Electro Tribe and it's a vibe that blends electronic music and international beats and hip hop and rock and R&B. And it really fits that their debut album, which was released two weeks ago, is entitled Electro Tribe. But although the album is new, in their home base of uh, Austin, Texas, they are well known. They have been blowing away audiences in Austin's boiling pot of music creativity for some time with stage acts that run the gamut from cosmic to comic to friendly to frenzy, all in one set. They have been invited to perform at festivals like Joshua Tree and Quantum Flux and Utopia Fest and South by Southwest, of course, and Art Outside. And in 2015, the audience, the Austin Chronicle, named them one of the top five best new bands in Austin. Well, they're going to be touring this fall and in support of the physical CD release uh, and uh, going out there and really jacking up their fans with their wonderful improvised music shows but for today we get to talk to them so here they are welcome to music friday live it looks like i have all of you yeah hey, how's it going? here we are okay yeah. so 
um, we should uh, why don't you let why don't you let our audience know who's here so they can tell the voices because it looks like there's four people on the line and I thought there's only three of you. Oh, there's only three. Uh, this okay. is Nettie Alvarez. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hold Andy on. Leonard. Okay. Sure. All right. All right. So am am Bobby as well. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, okay. Three three's coming. Yeah. All right. Well, let me say you you three really rock. You you make it sound like there's a lot more than three people on stage. So so how did this combination come about? How did you meet and how did you know this was the right group of people to do what each of you wanted to do? Got no side here. Um, the three of us, just uh, me and Bobby, had been uh, in a few projects before, and meeting Nettie and hearing some of her music just kind of decided to start working on it and it really clicked us so i think that's kind of how we uh how it originally got started anybody else yeah and then yeah and then you know um yeah like like andy was saying this is bobby right now but like andy was saying uh you know him and i have worked together for we've been working together for almost seven eight years now and uh when we met Nettie. Um, like he was saying, she just, you know, had these, these solo tracks that were just so cool and just so unique. And we went, man, if we can just kind of all combine forces together like that, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And, uh, uh, I think the deciding moment was we ended up playing this George Clinton after party in Austin and the crowd was just so responsive to it. Uh, I think that's when we kind of switched gears from all of our other projects and went, hey, we, you know, I think we really have something here, so let's let's run with it, and we've never looked back. Now, Nettie, any comments from you on that before we we play some of your music? Um, I mean, that's that's pretty much the story. Uh, we've okay. all been living in Austin for about the same amount of time, and it's just such a great community of musicians there, and you tend to just, you know, end up going to someone's house and it'll turn into a full, you know, full out jam session. And so you kind of get to know your friend's musical strengths. And um, that's kind of what happened. We just kind of started playing around each other and started to realize that we all kind of had similar uh, influences. We all, we all come from a really uh, heavy rock. Well, it seems to work. And why don't we uh, let some let people know what that sounds like? I'm going to play Sop Me Like a Biscuit. Wow, you know, I, I, I watched the video uh, 
from your CD release party, the video of that song, and you packed the house mm-hmm. and you really amped them up uh, <laughs> as well, while you played. But I also listened to, to the lyrics, and uh, I'm good. Net, Nettie's back. Um, Nettie, you sang there. You got one chance to let this go, but I will hold my pain. It's what will get me made. Now, that message feels kind of angry. The music is really blunt and driving, but really addictive. Do you think your live audiences are getting the message, or are they kind of just grooving to the beat and the excitement? Or does it matter? Um, I think for me it definitely does matter. Um, I write my lyrics as my own personal perspective, as my, I think, my own cathartic release for how I deal with stress and how I cope with it. Um, and that particular lyric, I think a lot of people can identify with that. I mean, the driving force behind what we consider our passions is usually fueled by experiences that may have caused us some amount of pain or dissonance. And so when you can take those experiences as a learning lesson, it becomes fuel for you to be able to push yourself to where you want to go. So I think that's more what I meant. And, and it, does, it does come from a very charged place and not necessarily angry or aggressive but very assertive um, about you know where you've come from and and what you're about because if you don't really know then it's kind of you're, you're in this directionless kind of motion um, but if you know where you've come from and the things that have kind of shaped you into the you know who you are those experiences that have shaped you then you can kind of direct your focus to where you want to go next um, and I hope that my I hope that the audience in general does connect with you know just finding and, and making peace with those experiences that have uh, challenged them to be better. You know, uh, we have a, a saying around the studio here that uh, poetry is not dead. We just call it lyrics now, and it's all around <laughs> us. And uh, your, your lyrics are, are definitely an example of that. I should also let my audience know that you guys are up in the mountains in, in uh, Colorado. You wrapped up your tour last night in Denver and uh, self Reception isn't great, so you may be walking around a little bit, and that's why they're hearing some of these strange music, uh, strange noises. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, we're trying. <laughs> yeah, I know. Your performances are, are really kind of theatrical. You've got costumes and dancers and smoke and balloons bouncing around and other things like that. Where did you acquire your love of, of, of theater and, and your skill for doing it? Um, you know, I I come from a really big theater background. Uh, I basically have been involved with choir or musical theater or opera since I was a little kid. Um, and so I think once when I grew up and got my music degree, I kind of went all <laughs> instrumental and uh, and just focused on the music. And I think you know once this project really got off the ground. And we started feeling really, really good about what we were doing musically and that, you know, people were vibing to it and that, you know, we were making connection with it. I think once we hit that point and we're like, okay, well now what's the visual aesthetic look like, you know, like, let's go, let's enter into that, that part of it. And it's been really exciting, uh, you know, just kind of discovering all these different you know, uh, visual things to add, you know, whether it's costumes and the kind of textiles we use with the costumes or, you know, like the, the, the smoke machines and, and just how to make it, you know, our own and, and a unique thing. Cause I'm, 
you know, when push comes to shove, at, at the, it's all about the show. You know, it's, it's all true. about the whole thing, you know. And uh, it's been really humbling realizing that, you know. Uh, Nettie, do you have a performance background? Because you seem to do it pretty well. Uh, yeah, I actually do. Um, but it's, and it's pretty recent. Um, I always wanted to be a dancer growing up as a kid, but that wasn't really an option in my family. Um, and so I had to wait until I got out of college and um, I ended up going to a festival and seeing uh, a lot of different types of flow art, and it kind of inspired me to open myself to uh, that community, and there's such a great community in Austin for flow art or any, any mm-hmm. kind of performance, really. Um, and so I've been performing professionally um, for about five or six years now, and I've just gotten to work with some really cool people that have given me some really cool um, uh, ideas and to, you know, well, challenge it it, that. It, it it shows on stage your, the videos. I really uh, um, want our audience after the show's over to go look at some of your videos. But right now we're going to play some more music, and we're going to play something uh, uh, what I think is a little bit different. We're going to play uh, Pyramid Scheme, and I'm going to let it go for a little longer than usual because there's some really interesting stuff in here.
That is such a precisely crafted piece of music. It's just amazing. Um, and later on, it moves into more hip-hop and high energy. And But there always is a structure to it. Uh, it, it and, but it seems to be kind of the opposite of your wild improv hip-hop show. So where did that song come from? I think um, that song was definitely one of the first collaborations that we all kind of uh, got together and decided this was kind of the direction we wanted to go. Um, a lot of our earlier stuff is uh, a lot more structured, I would say, in a more of an A, B, A, B kind of format for songs. Um, and Bobby actually uh, came with the chord progression, and it has kind of this uh, early, uh, late 80s R&B kind of feel to it. Um, and uh, we, when we go into the rehearsal room, uh, someone brings an idea or we end up, you know, kind of organically just jamming on a, you know, a, a little riff or whatever, and it kind of turns into something that we think could be more concrete. And so when, uh, when Bobby came with that, um, with that chord progression, we kind of started building off of that and lyrics were the last thing to, are usually the last thing to, to, you know, uh, be put on to the music. Uh, but Bobby and Andy are just so good at, um, structure and putting structure together and having a song flow where it's, um, it's not regressive. Um, and it kind of builds the energy higher and higher until there's this climax. Um, and so that's kind of how we build songs together. It's, it's something that organically happens. Well, that, that song is definitely a good example of that. We're talking with Trouble in the Streets about their debut album, Electro Tribe, and you can talk with them, too. You can call us, 347-215-7511, or you can email in. A couple of you have already emailed in. You can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Why don't we uh, go to a couple, a couple of these emails here. Um, this is from... Mastodon in New York City, right? And Mastodon mm. says, I oh, looked I like at your that. videos and I listened to your music. And let me tell you, the club scene here in New York City would really, really be good for you. Can you add oh, us to man. your tour? Well, your tour is over, but, you know, you got an invitation to New York. You ever been there? No, we, we have not. And, um, we you know, we have some family up there. But, yeah, in the uh, – Summer 2018, we're really looking to do uh, a really big East Coast tour and would love to make it up to New York. It's a great right, well, up there as well. Hope to see you in, to see you in Rockwood or, or one of those other clubs. Um, Relinko in Seattle, this is kind of interesting. Um, she says your, your singer's name appears to be Nigerian. Is she from Nigeria, mm. and is there Nigerian music in your music? <laughs> Oh, that's such a such an astute observation that she made. Uh, yes, I actually am Nigerian. I'm a first-generation uh, Nigerian-American. <clears throat> My parents uh, came to the States in the late 70s and early 80s. Um, and so I've grown up here my whole life, um, but my culture is still very much infused in pretty much everything I do. Uh, most of my family still lives in Nigeria, um, including my dad. Um and so, yeah, we actually do put a lot of – that's kind of where the Electro Tribe came from um, because we do infuse a lot of tribal <clears throat> elements. Uh, it's kind of just something I grew up with. And so my interpretation of music kind of uh, tends to have more of a world, uh, you know, West African kind of feel. Um, one of the big highlights, honestly, for this tour for me was uh, just getting to, you know, see Sean Cudi in the Egyptian 80 
uh, front row, you know, and just in the desert and at Joshua Tree, and you know, to get to tell my dad that it's pretty, pretty awesome. So yeah, it's definitely something that we that we celebrate and try to share, um, you know, as much as possible, whether it be through mm. costuming or you know lyrics or music or anything like that. Well, for our our listeners who may not know, Nigeria and West Africa in general are are one of the major music centers of the world, and uh, I'm not surprised to to hear that. Uh, One more here. uh, (laughs) Pyro in Dallas says, I can come down and see you all. When are you going to play next? You probably don't know yet, do you? Um, I think our next, uh, George Clinton. And that's on that's the Empire Control Room on November 18th. Uh, yeah, we get the, that's the second time we're playing with. Wow. Okay. Um, well, we just lost one of you. I, mean, this, I see the, oh. the cell phone. That's a, well, we have yeah, Nettie, so that's okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, he was he was just saying that our next show is in Austin, Texas, um, on November 18th um, at uh, Empire Control Room, which is one of the one of the I think premier venues in Austin. Uh, just really great music and space, really great staff. Um, and we're playing with George Clinton um, with a lot of amazing other local musicians. Um, and this will be an actual, the, the first one we played was an after party, and this is the actual uh, direct support kind of thing. So it's pretty cool wow. to to keep that going. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to play some more of your music. Um, I want to shift a little bit here and play a song from the EP. This is Never Doubt the Worm. I listen to that song a lot. I had to listen to that song a lot. It's, 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 it's inescapable. And there's so many lines in it that are kind of thought-provoking. And I wanted to read some of them. Uh, no one needs my help. Not a lowly soul, not even myself. Save that oxygen for your own damn self. What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so that it kind of goes back. <clears throat> to that that same lyric that we talked about before when you know everyone has their own their own life experience to go through and i think we get we get caught up in you know especially things with social media about how we're supposed to be you know what how we're supposed to feel um and and it's always these external voices that are telling us these things um so it's kind of you know it's kind of like if you could 
you know, get yourself to that assertive point where it's like, I don't even really know what I want to do or think about this situation right now. How about I just, you know, give myself a second to pause and just, for me, it's, it's when I go inward and kind of, you know, go out into nature and can just silence all of the voices, you know, because a lot of times we're just, we're just speaking to, you know, we're just speaking to kind of fill air instead of just listening to our intuition or, you know, what we really know, already know for ourselves, you know. Well, that's kind of interesting because you start the song with give me one good reason why I can't feel like I'm alive. Now, the, the three of you look pretty damn alive to me. You know, what's going on there? Well, you, it looks like you're alive. Oh, for sure. Um, and just to preface all of this, I definitely grew up in a very, uh, I grew up in a very um, non-expressive household. So for me, my escape a lot of the time was my music, and I usually turned to a lot of, you know, heavy, <clears throat> heavy rock metal, just like Andy and Bobby did as well. Um, and so sometimes my lyrics can go, can you know, be on the verge of, you know, what some people would call emo. <laughs> Or, you know, kind of emotional. I think we, I think we lost her. Okay. So uh, right, who's, yeah, you know, that's, that, uh, uh, oh, she'll man. be back. But, uh, <laughs> I'm back. I'm on Bobby. So. Uh, yay. Okay. All right. Uh, well, um, uh, but yeah. Uh, dead or alive, uh, for life, you make great music, for sure. right? Thank you. Uh, and unfortunately, but dead or alive, unfortunately, uh, my engineer says that we are pretty much out of time now. So um, I want to do a couple of little businessy things before you leave. And the first one is, please tell our audience again where you're going to be playing uh, next. Okay, uh, we will be playing in Austin, Texas, on November 18th. And that will be for George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic at Empire Control Room and Garage. Um, it's right there. It's uh, on 7th and Red River. So it's really easy to access if you're just driving in from, you know, Houston or Dallas. Uh, it's one of the premier icing venues in Austin. And where should people go to get your music? Uh, the easiest place to find all of our music is troubleinthestreets.com. Um, there are links to our Bandcamp, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, and even our Facebook. Okay, and I should also remind everybody that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but your lyrics are available on Bandcamp. Is that is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, for the Electro Tribe EP, you can find all of the lyrics on Bandcamp.com. Yeah, that that's wonderful. I I just love it when when um, musicians put their lyrics out because, like we said, you know. Poetry is not dead. We just call it lyrics now, and that's what you have to say. And it's so important, I think, for people to be able to to see and to read the lyrics and, and to really kind of internalize them. Well, I want to thank you all for, uh, for first of all, a great tour. And I know you're going to have another one, and, and hopefully you're going, to, you're going to come through L.A. again uh, on, your, uh, on your next tour so I can see you live. And I want to thank you for spending the time with us and, and here and putting up with the uh, the bad cell cell connection in Denver, but it all worked very well. So thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Of thank course, you so thank much. you all. This was awesome. Thank you for all the questions. 
<laughs> well, well, we should do this again. Uh, we should get, in fact, uh, in your next tour, if you do come through L.A., we'll see if we can do a, a special interview with you. But right now, Trouble in the Streets, you can follow them at troubleinthestreets.bandcamp.com or troubleinthestreets.com and on Facebook and Twitter. You know the, the social media drill. And you've been, you've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates and the Artist Echoes Network in London. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feed, and get a real-time update on our guests. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartleben. Our intern is Angeline Serrano, who has her own radio show now. You go, Angeline. Our theme music is Big Big Bed by Blame Sally, who are at the Auburn Placer Performing Arts Center tomorrow night. So all your Northern Californians, that's a great place for you to be. You can download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday. Next Friday, be here. Our guests are going to be late night episode. And also Andy Bernstein of the Voodoo's is going to be with us. He's really fun. You're going to enjoy that one so much. So check out our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we'll update you on the guests. And, and uh, we're going to leave you with a little bit more of Pyramid Scheme. <laughs> 